Welcome to the Five Star Life Show, your home for content related to education, parenting, and changing wrong mindsets so you can live a five-star life. I'm your host, Coach Seth. Let's do this. Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I am so excited about today's show. If you just tuned in, we have a special guest in the house. Uh, I'm going to introduce in a moment, but if you just tuned in, go to fivestarlife.org. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, the like button, the share button. You're not going to miss the show because we have a special guest in studio. We have the one and only Rocket Ismail, uh, who was a Notre Dame great, but he is just an incredible human being. He's in town for our Five Star Life Golf Open. Uh, Rocket, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Seth. Great to be here. Great to be here. So, Rocket, I, I have a bunch of questions, okay. but um, I, I am so stoked to have you on our show um, because I love being, bringing people on our show who are like-minded and who have purpose and passion and drive and who have not only accomplished great things, but they've put up a, a, a lion's share of their focus on who they are. Right. When we think about achievement, we think about, you know, been talking about breakthrough. That's our theme that we're teaching kids this year, how to break through. And we talk about this idea of, you know, moving beyond just thinking about success and becoming significant. It starts within. Um, but there's a bunch of you know, Notre Dame fans out there listening. They're like, ask some football questions. So I'll, I'll start with that. Um, you know, talk a little bit and try to explain what was it like? When you were just starting out, well, not, not just starting out, but when you were in, in that pinnacle, that, that high point of Notre Dame, what was it like being a college student, a football player at Notre Dame when things are just going crazy for you? Well, the crazy part only happened from, say, Wednesday to Saturday after the game. And then the rest of the time, it, it was normal. Because the students, you see them all the time. Everybody sees you. We were talking about this earlier, but at the time, I think the entire student body population in 1988, which was my freshman year, might have been 4,000, 4,500, something like that. And so that's relatively small. Like you knew every, you pretty much knew the faces. You might not know the names, but you knew pretty much everybody. And you could see, if there was a new face in the crowd, like that, that would they would stand out. Whether it was in the sure, it's, North it's, it's like a high school, South Dine Hall, it's exactly yeah. like a high school. And so that there wasn't any craziness. The 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 craziness also was amplified after the national championship season '88. That was like wow, it's a big deal. But I remember when we played Michigan in '89, our second game. And we went up to the big house and then had two kickoff returns against them. Like it was a big deal. And so, it, so you have to, you have to Google rocket in that game and just, just Google 19. Was it was not 90. This it was 89. It brought, brought two back to the house, man. Let me, but, but the thing was, when we talk about just, just the craziness. I remember this, I, the, it's like your, your brain. So 
my roommate and I, we lived in Grace Hall, which is no longer a dorm now. So I feel homeless at times when I go back to campus. <laughs> There's no um, home. The phone rang and I remember I was, I was sleeping and I used to tell him because people would be able to find our number and they would call a room. And so he would have to be like the phone police. We're like, no, he's not here right now. I could take a message. <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of my mother's called and her name was Saida Latifa. Let's like saying Mrs. Latifa. Um, and my friend goes, he takes the, my roommate takes the message, Rusty, he takes the message and then he gets off the phone. He goes, dog, Queen Latifa is calling us. <laughs> and it was like, the reason we would in our brains expect like a rap icon like Queen Latifa to call was because people were calling from all over the country, but it was amplified because back in the day, Sports Illustrated was a big publication right. and it was after that Michigan game, we were uh, front and center, the, the 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 main sports article, but then my picture was on the cover and it had Rocket Man underneath it. Like it was really cool. So it was like an extra, it, it was like an extra buzz slash craziness. And, and I remember we laugh about that to this day, but overall it was peaceful. It was, I love being on campus. It was no other than I said like the Wednesday because that's when the out of town people would come. But other than that, it was a it was a treat. So, so I remember that 1989 game because uh -huh. I grew up in Michigan, right? Oh, so so being from Michigan, were you Michigan State or Michigan? You, I, I was I was a Michigan State fan, but like. Growing up in Michigan, you hate Notre Dame. Right, right. You hate. And so, you know, Michigan was, they were tough. So it was a competitive game. Oh, yeah. But Rocket, so after that game, I wanted to be Rocket Ishmael. So, Yo. so in the, in the, like, like playing ball, you know, uh, two hand touch. I was I, I was rockets. So, you know, so, so, so there's so many kids blessing. across the country that were doing the same thing. Like, he brought two, like, everybody's rocket now. Bruh, let me tell you something. So, this what you're saying. That's how I was when I saw the first football game I ever saw. When my sister was, we went to a Super Bowl party. I was five years old, and I remember watching. She was watching a game, and I'm telling you, the television was like twelve inches, probably high, twelve inches horizontal, <laughs> and she's in the middle, of, and it was sitting on top of uh, two crates, two milk crates. And all the grown-ups were just, ah, this is going around. And, and like in the, in the sea of uh, uh, grown-ups and firewater, my sister was standing there looking at the game. This, I didn't know it was a game at the time. She was, so I saw her and I was like, I'm going to go over there and harass her. And right when I got close to her, it's like I noticed what was on the television. And I understood later that, it captured my imagination, which is a whole nother topic. So I remember seeing it and I was like mesmerized. I was like, wow, what is this? And she said, this is football. Like, How old were you? Five. Five years old. So between birth to seven years old, you can pretty much program, if you know what you're doing, a child to do, to become anything. So just keep that in mind. So... 
I'm looking at this and I'm like, what is it? She says, it's football. And then she starts explaining it to me. Dallas Cowboys, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. She said she was a supporter of the Dallas Cowboys. And so it's like something inside me was like, oh, wait a minute. I was offended by her saying she was a supporter of the Cowboys. So I was like, I'm okay, I'm going to support the Pittsburgh Steelers. And why I told you that story was because of what you just said. When I would see any Steeler from that point until I got to Notre Dame, I was that whatever position I was playing, I was Terry Bradshaw. I was Franco Harris if I was a running back. I was Rocky Blyer if I was a running back. I was Stallworth Swan. I was Green if I'm playing defense. Uh, Mel Blunt, uh, Donnie Shaw, like that whole dynamic, man. And that was such a, it was such a blessing to be able to have that type of a, uh, it's like, not that they were mentors or that they were anything in the in that in the lane of like having a hands-on but sure to be able to like have that and then it was like all of the except for my physical height all of the gifts that were necessary to become that it was like boom and you know what's crazy i remember at five years old i started realizing i was like oh i'm fast wait a minute i can catch a tennis ball with one hand Oh my goodness! I can ride. They had a, they had ten speeds back in the day. I don't know what they with the the Ram handlebars. It was mm-hmm. and but the the girls' bikes had the bar slanted instead of straight across. Yep. I could ride in that slant. I could ride a ten speed when I was five years old. But I'd be I I could I had to Your ride it in that slant. The like they were all like it was like all of a sudden all these athletic things started coming. Sure. So anyway. I don't want to take up too much time because I know I'm rambling on, son. But that was uh, uh, when you said that just now about what happened after the Michigan game. That that brought that back to my memory, man. And it's it's so it's so, it's so cool how all of us humans have that element to us. We can see something, we can inspire one another, and you can inspire people. You don't even know you're inspiring. That's right. Just your actions. You have no clue. Just just being your best at something. Bruh. Yeah. So so we gotta take a quick commercial break. Okay. When we come back, I want you to tell us like when did Notre Dame come on your radar? When did you know you wanted to go to Notre Dame? Okay. Uh, if you are watching this, just remember, you can watch this on YouTube TV at you, uh, the Five Star Life. It's on YouTube TV. Did you know that you Life can bring YouTube the values, page, lessons, and, and mindsets Coach Seth discusses to, on the Five Star Life podcast right to your local community? Schools are searching for programs and content that work. Just a simple introduction to your teacher or principal could be a game changer in your community. Inquire at fivestarlife.org and someone from our team will be in touch. the five star life show i'm your host coach seth and i'm joined in studio with special guest rocket ishmael who is uh, one of my childhood uh favorites i was as a kid you know in the backyard playing whatever three on three football or four on four football at the park i was running back kicks being the rocket yes even though yes. i hated notre dame i became a fan <laughs> so I like that part of notre dame <laughs> 
Hey, by the way, do us a favor. If you if you like this show, if you listen to it two or three times, hit the subscribe button. That really helps us a lot. Also, hit the like button, share it. Remember, we can we can be heard on any podcast stream platform out there. Check us out at the Five Star Life Show. Uh, Rocket, tell us like football speed is was your thing, mm-hmm. right? That was your your gift, right? But tell us a little bit about when Notre Dame like came on your radar. How did you when did you first hear about Notre Dame? The first time I heard about Notre Dame was when we man, you gotta ask me about how we got to Pennsylvania. It was it's a divine I think it'll inspire a lot of people to pray for generations that they don't meet yet. But I don't digress, but I'll finish the question. So No no again, start there. Okay. So how did you get to Pennsylvania? Yo, check this out. So my dad, he passes away. I'm 10 years old. My brother's eight and uh, seven, six, five. So all they're five. So now all of the responsibility, uh, and you know, back then you didn't have insurance and especially living in the in the hood. So like that wasn't on your radar. It was like, man, moment to moment, uh, hand to mouth, that kind of situation, right? And my father was a Muslim. We were Muslim. We were Sunni Muslims. Uh, my father was a sheikh. He, uh, from the time I can remember, he started three mosques. My sister told me he uh, had about two other ones. And so, and, and you know, Waller, uh, well, you don't know Warth Dean Muhammad, you know Farrakhan, but you know, uh, Elijah Muhammad? Yes. Uh, he had a bunch of masjids across the country. Right. And we used to go to attend a masjid number 25 on South Orange Avenue in Newark, New Jersey. And we used to go to Sister Clara Muhammad Elementary School. And my father would teach all of the, the leadership how to speak Arabic and to pronounce the words properly. Like just, so I'm just giving you a mm. background on just how we were, sure. how we came up. And so my father dies and it's a shock. It is like the same injury that I had that ended my football career killed my father. Was was he died on the operating table from it? I'm and we could talk about generational stuff. Man, this could be a fire podcast. Anyway, so I remember he died, and like now the burden is on my mother. So ten. Uh, 10, eight, five, my brothers and I, and we were, let's see, my father was a disciplinarian. So like we couldn't go from in front. We lived in the new version of the projects. It was called Georgia King Village. It was like connected townhomes and it was really nice. But my father was like, and this is before crack. This is before the devil really entered the environment and, and obliterated everybody that was there. And I remember my father was disciplined. My mother wasn't. My not that my mother wasn't. She was. When my father was alive, she could be the nice person. Sure. But sure. when he died, now she had to kind of integrate Do both. both, and it was a lot for her. My seventy-seven-year-old grandmother steps in and says, "Hey," and I'm check it out. Right after my father died, we moved to Detroit. My mother's family migrated from Mississippi to Detroit. We moved to Detroit for six months, let my mother kind of get get on her feet and things of that nature. So I have some Michigan in my background as well. And I remember my 77-year-old grandmother, my patriarch, my uh, paternal grandmother, lived in Pennsylvania. And she loved the Lord. Like her and my father, there was, 
it was like a tradition. Every time we went to visit my grandmother, they would get in an argument about Jesus. And 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 so from the Muslim and Christian side. Oh man, side, from the Muslim Christian yeah. side, yeah. from the black white side. Was was like, it was it congenial or was it a war? No, you know what? My father he had restraint because my grandmother she's little, uh, but it was like Lawrence. Uh, don't call me Lawrence. That's a white man's name. Call me Ibrahim. So, because he renamed himself Ibrahim, he was okay. born Lawrence Skinner. Okay. My name technically be La- technically because I'm the oldest son could be Larry Skinner right now. You could be talking to Larry Skinner right now. I'm just saying, just meditate on that. So, all of a sudden, I remember we get on. Uh, my grandmother comes on and picks us up in her <laughs> her green Oldsmobile. I'm, and this is no exaggeration. Her head could not see over the steering wheel. This car was massive. It's about the size of it. It would fit wall to wall in this room. We're driving back to Wilkes-Barre. And my grandmother's only rule was, I don't care. Uh, she's like, hey, in this house, we go to church. And we used to walk up to the First Assembly of God, so forth and so on. Got there, got integrated into the community, and I and my brother and our next door neighbor, Freddie Lewis, were going to try out for the mini Mohawks, which was the Pop Warner football team. And we, my brother and I was so hype because when we lived in Newark, imagine the Fat Albert in the gang. Imagine when they were in the junkyard playing football and one guy had an elbow pad, the other guy had sure. a, like a cleat. The yep. other guy had a, a a thigh pad. The other guy had the pants with no pad. Like that's how it looked. Mm-hmm. We went from that to all of a sudden the mini Mohawks. Freddie Lewis told us they had bike helmets, and Herschel Walker, not Herschel Walker, uh, no Herschel Walker, and I think Herschel Walker and Earl Campbell had bike helmets. Mm-hmm. We we're like, ooh, it's about to be on. All of a sudden. Uh, we get there, I'm two, I'm either two weeks too old or two days too old. And it was probably, I probably could cry right now, but it was one of the most emotionally devastating moments of my young life. And he was just kind of flippant, like, hey, just go across the street to the high school. And they have freshman tryouts next week. And I was so crushed. That and you're how old at this point? So we're in 10. I'm 10. You're 10. 11. You're 11, 11 years old. So that's, wait, how old is 11? No, maybe, maybe I'm 12. That's fifth grade. 12 is maybe sixth grade. What's seventh grade? Yeah, probably 13. Okay, maybe I'm, it was, it's a minute ago. I'm in my 50s now, so it, it was like, <laughs> we went. You oh, might You might have been four. You might have been 14, maybe 13, 14. 7th, 8th, ninth grade, I was on freshman. You're, okay, freshman, yeah. So, so you're 14, 14, oh, 15, somewhere in there. Okay. Seventh, you, in 7th grade, you are on the freshman team? Yeah, because I couldn't be on them anymore. Okay, <laughs> so you're 12 years old. I'm 12. You're supposed to be playing Pop Warner, but they send you across the street because you're too old. Right, because I'm two weeks too old. Like, my birthday yeah, was right. a weird time. Yep. <laughs> I was, oh my gosh. Oh, I think I'm, I was, I think it was... I was I was ten I was a couple seven days old something like that because Kadri was born in uh, nineteen seventy I'm sixty nine and he's November eighth I'm November eighteenth, bruh. So he makes a team I don't I I I'm in, I'm dejected man I, I cry for the next two days I walked 
I, I I started walking when we when they got their equipment. I started I'm I'm probably thirty yards in front of them, and I'm trying to cry without like making my head shake up and down. Like <laughs> I'm walking, I'm so devastated. And we get home, and I'm still dev. My grandma, what's wrong? I ain't big TV. And so go back to I'm trying to fast forward the story. I go back the next week to the high school. I meet a guy, Brian DeWire. We both knew his dad wants him to play for that coach, the local coach, uh, Mickey Gorm, who actually, and I didn't know this, I, he never even told me, even when I was, Notre Dame was in the picture. He graduated from he, uh, Notre Dame 68. He was on the football team, hold on. So, uh, get over there, and we become good friends, and then his dad, who was a volunteer coach, I didn't know this, diehard Notre Dame fan, we get a chance to sleep over his house uh, after uh, my grandmother vets them. And my first introduction to Notre Dame was the first time we slept over his house, almost died on a dirt bike that the night before, I just want to say. So um, we are in the basement and we fall asleep playing ColecoVision. And it was either the Superman or the Spider-Man game. And man, it was like the most, it was the modern technology. But we were like, while we were knocking on the ground, I'm on the ground, I have a dream. As I'm dreaming, I'm in this aromatic field and this lovely, whatever this fragrance is, I'm smelling it in this field and I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And then all of a sudden, it's interrupted. And it's like, oh, oh. The University of Notre Dame proudly presents its marching band. <laughs> and I abruptly wake up. They had Lazy Boys back in the day. And, and it was the 1982 version of, or of, a, of, of a man cave. So we're in their basement. And Mr. DeWire is, I don't know if you ever saw the cartoon, Mr. Magoo. He looked like a real, a redhead version of Mr. Magoo. He was on there, he was smoking his pipe, which is where the aroma came from. And he was right next to his, uh, his, his, his record player. And that bad boy, uh, w when I woke up, he said, you hear that, laddie buck? That's the finest band in the land. Get over here, let me tell you about the fighting Irish. And the rest was history. <laughs> that I, was your introduction that, to Notre Dame. That right was there. my introduction to Notre Dame. There's a, little, there's a lot of little nuances sure. and everything, but that was my introduction. I still need to tell you about something else about Wilkesbury. We'll take we'll, we'll we'll take that up when we come back okay, okay, after okay. the next break. Be sure to check us out at fivestarlife.org. Five Star Life is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to changing the face of culture by changing kids' mindsets. Since 2005, we've impacted hundreds of thousands of lives thanks to the generous support of individuals, small businesses, corporations, and foundations. Are you interested in helping Five Star Life grow into all 50 states? With your donation or introduction, you can help bring Five Star Life to your community, school, and state. Go to fivestarlife.org and send us an email today. That's F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G.
Welcome back to the Five Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio with special guest, the Rocket, the fastest college <laughs> football player, actually the fastest college uh, c- collegiate human being uh, when he was in college. When I was in college he, he was the except, fastest. Except I, I was always, because, and, and, I, and this just came from track, because they used to run a 55 meters, now they run a 60 meters. Um, man, that's a great life lesson. Oh, let's let's talk about that. But let's talk about this other one first. <laughs> I know I'm jumping around. But <laughs> All right. But <laughs> so so talk, talk about you. You were about to tell us about one other like kind of foundational. Yes. This was benchmark. not kind of. This was okay. Check this out. So 13, 14, somewhere in there. My mother, she would send us. Do you remember when long distance cost money? Oh yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. my mother would send us uh, calling cards. Yep. And man, I forgot about calling cards. Man, I'm telling you, Russ, a lot. And I, I, I didn't use them. I do. I do the quick. Uh, you dial zero. Eight hundred. Or dial uh, no eight hundred something. And then if you you could just like leave a message, like you could basically, it would ask you. Well, I'd make a click call. Okay. Right. Make a click call. I, if I need to ride home. Right. And, and, and instead of being charged for that call, when you'd leave your name, that, would you receive a call for, instead of saying Seth Moss, I'd say, Mom, can we get me quick? <laughs> I'm at school. I just, I'd get as much as I could in to save money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what's up, right? On a budgeting tip, son. <laughs> so, okay. We had the calling card. It was Easter break. And which is the spring break for like the East Coast. And I remember we called the telephone booth. That's funny. We called the telephone booth in front of our house. And somebody in the, the neighborhood would just pick up. And be like, hey, it's Rocky Ben Kadri. And they're like, yo, what's good? Blah, blah, blah. And, and so we start saying, hey, how's so-and-so? What's going on? And as they were giving us the, the, the report, all of a sudden they're like, man, there's this drug called crack cocaine. And they started telling us about the ravages of crack cocaine. And they were seeing like they, like violence, like the, the level of violence that it's on now, whether it's in Chicago or any black neighborhood that's predominantly black and it's like a hood hip hop influence, like crack is the, gave birth to all of this. And they were seeing that. They were seeing the murders. They were seeing the mothers get strung out and so strung out that the drug dealers didn't want to have sex with them anymore. So they'd bring their little daughters to have sex with them instead. Like stuff like that. Seeing people get murdered. Like used to fight. Now you had guns start showing up and um, just, it was just extra, extra lascivious, extra violent. Um, like, it was in my mind, I imagined it felt like a demonic horde came out of hell, destination, any city that had crack USA and Nork was where we were. All of a sudden, as whoever I'm talking to is describing what's going on, I remember I said in my heart, I was like, man, Lord, how did we escape that? Like that was the in my like just as I'm on the phone, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, bam, I'm in a vision. I am on the phone, but I'm in a whole nother place at the same time simultaneously. And it was 
a field. This is all everything I saw. I was in the fields. Imagine it being a football field and say the football field is, is tilled like the soil is tilled and it's all dirt, but it's turnover dirt. And it's like getting ready to have seed planted. The football field or the field that I was in was surrounded by evergreen trees and they were standing like, if you will, shoulder to shoulder as they were like sentries, like protecting what was in the field. I looked up and there were only, it, the, there was a, one other supernatural time, I didn't know it was a supernatural time, this was in present reality, that I saw the sky this blue. It was like a blue that was not of this earth. It was crystal clear. And I remember looking around like, what is happening? And then I remember I looked down to my left and it was this old black woman on her knees in a posture of prayer. And I looked at her. I couldn't hear anything she was saying, but I instantly knew everything about her. I knew it was an ancestor of mine and I knew the answer to the question in my heart that I indicted when I was, that I, uh, Lifted up for the most high when I asked, how did we avoid that? Her prayers, I was living out the answer to her prayers mm. and her praying for her progeny that would in, inhabit this new land was what was going on. I, like I knew all that, then boom, I'm back on the phone. I'm like, oh, oh, snap. Like, and so they tell him, but it was like that. I was like, oh, man, literally, that, that's divine intervention. Divine intervention. Some people don't believe in that. Oh, man. They some, cannot believe some people it. don't believe in it. But, Bruh, let me tell you something. Anybody out here who has children or in plans to have grandchildren and, and your generation is going, man, pray for the family that you will never see because I'm a living with my brothers and I. And it didn't like it. Was, it doesn't make life. Like, you, you don't have any issues, no problems come along or anything like that. But I'm telling you, the moments that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and you're in his direct line of sight, and he's ready to take you out prematurely, man, it's going to save you from those. And mm -hmm. and you don't even know you need saving. Like, I had right. no clue. Right. So that was, a, found, that was a, a huge foundational moment, man. It was, it was incredible, man. I was... Understanding that, you, that there's others who've gone before you, and that you are somehow was it that you were protected? Was it that you were loved? Was it that that you felt there was this divine intervention on your behalf? All of the above, and this is the other thing that I knew. I knew that in spite of the slave master's best efforts to present the scripture in a uh, from a cultural view that benefited them she was able to tap into a higher level of her divine birthright and because she was able to we were able to and we didn't even know we were doing it mm -hmm. so that was a that talk, talking about a foundational building point that was that was a big one it's a big deal so i i want to i want to shift over okay. you know talked about ancestors and people that have influenced you right what about coaches 
Okay. Talk about the influence coaches have had in your life. I'm going to tell you another foundational moment to answer that. We are in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Freddie Lewis is next door neighbor. He's telling us about his ability to do a one and a half somersault uh, dive into the pool off the low diving board. Like, man, you can't do no one. And I, and I was like, man, I can flip on the, I can just flip right here on the concrete. We used to call it flipping mm-hmm. when we were in yep. Newark. Uh, we get the dirty mattresses out the, and just learn how to flip, then go to the grass, then go to the concrete. And then, then you get a, a nut. So I was at, man, I'm telling you, I was athletic. I could never do a full twist though. Anyway, so all of a sudden. I've got a rocket on the show and he's telling me he's athletic. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. No, bro. I'm telling you, I could never do it. How much time? <laughs> All right. I, so I would definitely like to pick this up. I don't want to do it any injustice because it's going to lead into you telling me, asking about the coaches and the people okay. who mentors and things of that nature. Good. We'll pick that just after this. Go to fivestarlife.org. Please remember to like this, subscribe to this, share this. Five Star Life offers year-round programs for kids at our 350-acre training facility that we call Summit. These programs focus on three core components. First, each program includes lessons from our curriculum that targets kids' mindset. Secondly, each program teaches a skill like equine, archery, blacksmithing, basketball, fishing, boating, and many more. Thirdly, our programs connect kids to mentors we call coaches who are trained to help kids live a five-star life. Go to 5starlife.org to learn more or sign up your kids. Welcome back to the 5 Star Life Show. I'm your host, Coach Seth, and I'm joined in studio. We're continuing our conversation with Rocket Ismail. Uh, Rocket, thanks so much for joining us. we got one more segment here. And I, I want to wrap up. Um, I, I always ask guests uh, th- this question. You know, 5 Star Life is, is really focusing on getting to the core of kids, their operating system, their mindset, right? And changing that, creating health. And so we're, we're teaching these values, these core values, respect, treating others the way you want to be treated. But you first have to respect yourself. Mm. Responsibility, taking ownership. That's the key word we use. Mm. Take ownership of our past choices, our current reality, our future dreams. Integrity, who you are when nobody's looking, the real you. Uh, sacrifice, giving up something now for something better later on, or giving up something I want to do selfishly, just thinking about me, to serve somebody else, to be a servant leader, to help somebody else live a five-star life. And then the fifth one ties them all all together, courage, which we define as having the strength to do what's right rather than what's popular or comfortable. If you could could take yourself back to your 12-year-old self, and if you could pick one value that you wish you would have built and had a better foundation in one of these values, which one would it be and why? So I'm going to start from the back and go to the 12-year-old. I, so you said not being selfish. So one of the things that I learned the hard way, and it's interesting when I learned this, I was like, man, I judged Esau who gave up his birthright for some porridge, right? Um, my, like I said, my, my, my default personality is people pleaser. And I remember when I got to the NFL, there was 
a lot of hubbub about getting to the NFL. I was making way more money than all the other guys because they were still on their rookie contracts or whatever. And I just got there. And I remember one of the players voiced their displeasure with their situation, but it felt like, like he was, and he even, I think he could sense because he was like, hey man, nothing against you, but blah, 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 blah. And I remember like feeling that and I, and it felt like I didn't know how to guard my heart, first of all. Um, and I didn't know how my, I didn't know I was a people pleaser. I thought I was just a nice guy. And I was like trying to figure out how to make this guy see that I'm a good guy and I'm not the enemy. We're playing a game in the NFL and I'm balling. I mean, there's one card. I'm, I'm going to send you a picture next time I see it. There's one card that every time I see it, I, I, I was like, man, Lord, I wish. I mean, I, I caught this pass across the middle. A guy was hitting me here. A guy was hitting me there. It was just, it was beautiful. Beautiful. And it's two cards. I, I know the picture. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're getting crunched. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, in the huddle, so the offensive coordinator, we had Terry Robisky. He was like a hot hand guy. Whoever has the hot hand, we're feeding them. I had the hot hand. I'm in the huddle. And we had a pretty simplistic numbering system. It started, I think, uh, either from left to right, right to left, something like that. But if you get in the huddle and they say one, two, three, you know, one is the X receiver, two is the Z receiver, I mean, the tight end, three is the Z receiver. So it came in, and I knew I was the first uh, option with the play call. So I, in the huddle, was like, Hey man, you take my spot. I'm thinking I'm being unselfish. I'm thinking, and and, and children need to know this because they don't realize the depth and the gravity of a birthright mm. that's that we come into this earth with. And let put it this way: unless you stole something from somebody, you never give up your birthright. I don't care how selfish they're telling you you being. No, you always stay where God called you to be. You're saying if you have an opportunity, if you have a rightful place that somebody's offered you and given you or you've earned, don't give that up. I didn't earn it. The Lord gave it to me. Yes. I was born supposed to be in this position. Yes. That was my, mm -hmm. I didn't have any understanding about mm -hmm. all this stuff then. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying when you tell, so when I heard you say selfish or be unselfish, I'm like, yeah, to, an, to a point, there's, that can get convoluted if you don't give insight that from experience like i'm giving you so which comes back to when you know who you are and have a healthy and identity yes. and, and, that's and you non -issue. Know, not only do you know who you are but you also know what comes with that and what you the office that you hold and you're not supposed to get that up unless the lord come down and say hey get that up mm -hmm. all i have to say fast forward in the huddle i said hey you take this. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm offering an olive branch. The heck with that. That mug, he was like, I bet. We changed position in the huddle. And from that moment, it took seven years for me to get back to zero in the NFL. Seven years. So I'm just saying, I wish I would have known that when I was a youngster, that I'm... And you know what? Maybe I was a people pleaser because of the fear. And then when 
there weren't there wasn't any kind of it's kind of like you just appease the bully you're like hey man i'm not trying to cause no waves sure. you, know, you can have whatever you want and then i do remember when my father died i was 10 but i i was like i i had the man at a house label but i was like okay i don't know there's no men around i don't know what how how to be a man so mm -hmm. i felt um insecure because of that and then i felt insecure because it was just me and mm -hmm. you know I, yeah well, stuff like that so yeah. so anyway i don't know how to word that in a way where you sure. can succinctly tell the young ones hey this is what he's saying and this is how mm -hmm. to implement it in your life but when i look if, if i'm my 12 year old self i'd be like hey no 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 certain things bro no and this is and, and i was I wasn't 12 yet, so I wasn't able, when I was 12, I still wasn't able to fight the devils and I didn't know how to sure. do all that. But uh, if I could get to the 12 year old self, like, yo, bro, you got some powerful stuff in you. This is how you protect it. This is how you guard it. And this is how you make sure mm -hmm. you don't uh, abdicate it. Abdicate it. You don't get out of order and get that dab thing up. Yes. So, so that's, that's something overlooked that a lot of us don't realize. Man, there's a, Put it this way: There's greater each generation. Everybody in here is supposed to do great, a greater level mm -hmm. of shining. The scripture says, "The life of Christ is the light of men." We're supposed to shine in this earth, and that fall that happened in the garden when we took went after knowledge of good and evil instead of life is a there was a diminishing of our capacity to shine, but we still have the capacity to shine. That's right. And you got there's there's just like the universe has a constellation and they can say in 600 years this star is going to be here to there right. everything in this doggone universe even in a fallen universe has order to it there's an order that you have to understand about yourself and about what you've given what been given you and the greatness that's supposed to manifest from you and you also have to know that just like there's greatness and you're supposed to shine yo there's great opposition when you come into this earth realm there's great opposition against you yeah. and it will try its best to subtly seduce you to think that it's not opposition and say, oh yeah don't be selfish man go ahead give, give him your mm -hmm. man this, he, he just one route the devil is a whole bunch of lot so i'm just saying that is very important and i and i want your young ones to know that i want them not to forget that yeah it's so, it's so good especially for 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 kids or people out there who who you're naturally a people pleaser, which I always tell, I mean, it's, it's our greatest strengths are also mm. our greatest yes, weaknesses, right? Yes. Because you're so dynamic with people because Man. you care so much about people. Right. And so it's this balance. And so I just tell people, listen, it's so important because I've done the same thing because you want to inspire and encourage, but then there's this time where where you know exactly what has to be done and you're the person for it and you can't give it up. Otherwise, Everybody loses, man. And, and 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 to this day, like I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Like, man, I can still see residue in my life and my children's lives because of that that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like a mm -hmm. I was I, I don't know. I, I was reading the scripture the other day and it was talking about the severity of of God, right? And so I, when I saw it, I was like, ooh, yo, this it's serious, man. This yeah. this. It, it, the love is great and, and joy and peace. And, but yo, man, the because of the formidable weapon and enemy that's against us, man, there's certain things that you cannot do. And when you do do them, 
the consequences, even little residue from it can stay with you longer than you thought they would. Mm, well said. Hey, Rocket, thank you so much for joining you. For you. joining you. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> That's right. I love That's your right. passion. I love your fire. Um, such a unique and ins- inspirational person. And I really appreciate being a part of this and, and helping kids and, and believing in the mission of Five Star Life. Amen. Thank you, brother. That's it. We're out of time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to like this, share this, subscribe to this. Remember, you can listen to this podcast and on any streaming platform, also on YouTube at The Five Star Life. Thanks so much. At Five Star Life, we are changing the face of culture through education and sports by changing the most important piece of a human being's life, their mindset. If you are interested in being a part of our journey, please visit fivestarlife.org for more information on volunteer and donation opportunities.